to NBA Action here. I'm your host, Noah Cooper, joined by my co-host, Perry Randall. We're ready to give you all the news and drama from around the NBA. Um, I know I missed last week. I had some other plans, but Perry and Mingus held it down, so I hope you all enjoyed that show. Um, this week, though, I'm back in the uh, house, and we're ready to discuss some NBA action. So, Perry, how are we doing today? Hey, it's a beautiful day to be beautiful. Um, a lot of NBA action. Well, not, actually, not too much NBA action other than, <laughs> you know, USA losing. Like I told you they would, they, they they just didn't have it. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. This is probably one of the slower weeks that we'll have out of the whole season because we're kind of at that point where a lot of the summer basketball has ended, a lot of, you know, the training sessions and the um, FIBA um, stuff has ended, and we're right before the preseason and before the actual season starts. So there's really not a whole lot of NBA stuff going on, but you're right. You told me they would lose. Um, you know what? I'm a true hometown believer in my team. Um, I stuck with USA till the bitter end, but obviously they came and finished in seventh. And, you know, I heard you and Mingus talk about that last week, and a lot of the other NBA players are talking about that too because I feel like after they finished in seventh, a lot of them are now disappointed that they didn't play on the team this summer. Some of those guys, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, they just recently said in separate interviews that they are all in on the 2020 Olympics, which would make it Steph Curry's first time ever playing in an Olympics. Well, I think, for one, it's, it's something serious. I don't think FIBA is as serious as the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> but I, I hope to see a bunch of stars. I hope to even see LeBron James have his first or his last Olympics a run with Steph Curry, Damian Lillard. Let's mm-hmm. see if we can get Kevin Durant. I tweet, I was like, let's get a redeemed team part two. I don't see why not. You just lost, came in, not third place, not fourth place, not fifth place, not sixth place, but seventh place. You know, who do you lose to? You lost to uh, Argentina. You lost to France, S- France, Serbia. And Jerry Coangelo said that he's not going to forget who didn't participate. Mm-hmm. Well, he better forget if he wants to win next year. So at the same time. With him not saying I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to forget who didn't participate. He still better let those guys in exactly. who didn't participate earlier. If, if if he's not drunk when he's making these decisions, <laughs> then he's going to let these uh, players that didn't join the team this summer join the team next summer. So I'm not worried. I don't think anybody should be worried from the USA. But at the same time, it shows you the 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 rise of international talent as well mm-hmm. and even kobe bryant he mentioned that he was just like uh it's, it's not going to be usa dominance for that much longer if mm-hmm. any longer we saw it this summer how good the teams were we see how international players are starting to dominate the nba now you got players like Jokic, yep. uh multiple dpoy rudy gobert and Ricky Rubio, they're doing their thing for their country. So I think next summer is going to be very fun uh, as far as the Olympics is concerned. But you got Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all time. You got Dame Dollar. When he's not making an album, he's doing his thing on the court. And hopefully we can get LeBron James, Kevin Durant. And I don't see why Sounds not. like LeBron. I think he tweeted a couple weeks ago that he's you know considering doing it next year, too, after skipping out on the last Olympics in 2016. Hey, I don't see why we can't get Carmelo Anthony, the greatest <laughs> Olympian of I, all time. I say, why not? Why not? I, you know, at, originally they said, I think, I mean, the, the outlets were reporting, you know, Carmelo um, isn't getting an invitation to the Olympics. And I tweeted out, you know, he's got to get an invitation to the NBA first. But after watching that performance that they just had, 
I really think he could have helped that team. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. You can't tell me that he couldn't have helped that team. I saw Miles Turner go one for two, two <laughs> points, no rebounds against Rudy Gobert's 21 points. I promise points. Carmelo Anthony could have done better than that. He's giving me seven threes at, at least, <laughs> so I'm not worried. Hey, let's get Carmelo on the team, but I am excited for next summer. I think it's going to be a lot more interesting than it has been at previous Olympics, especially 2012, 2008, Mm -hmm. and even 2016. You know, while I want to agree with you, I just think if we do get all of those guys playing, and like you said, maybe it's a redeemed team part two where um, a lot of these players saw what happened this year. They're not too happy with that, and all the big names sign up to do it. We literally have the top 12 American basketball players out there on the team. I think it'll still be like it has been in the past because while while teams like Spain may have the Gasol brothers, while they may have Ricky Rubio, um, and while they do have solid pieces, they still don't have 12 bona fide NBA All-Stars on the team, and I feel like that's what makes the biggest difference. And you're absolutely right. Once these guys, they team up, we see it every year for All-Star Weekend. When these guys team up, it's a show. Mm -hmm. So I would tell fans, even reminisce back to, I believe, 2004 FIBA World Cup when it was LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, and those guys, and they got bronze. I think those guys are doing just fine. Maybe mm-hmm. not Carmelo right now. Yeah. But LeBron James, he did just fine for his career. So yeah. don't worry. USA will be back doing their yeah. thing next year. And besides, this year's team was basically just the Boston Celtics roster anyway. So if that lets you know anything, it lets you know that, you know, what's to come for the Celtics this season. That's what I asked me because last, uh, last, last week I was like, is this a preview of the Boston Celtics? And he was like, I don't think so, you know. Hey, yeah, at, but at the same time, it's like <laughs> – it's like if the Boston Celtics team can finish seventh in the world, that just lets you know that if we had 12 bona fide NBA All-Stars on this team, what they would be able to do. If basically the Boston Celtics roster was out here finishing seventh in the world, you know, I, I still think that's kind of an accomplishment in itself at the same time. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Look here. Any time you lose to a, a, a team full of Bogdanoviches, then that's nothing to be proud of, all right? I heard you say that last week. You were like, let me look at our Argentina's roster. A bunch of Donoviches on the team. <laughs> Donoviches, <laughs> hey, I'll make sure I enunciate, all right? So I'm not really sure how to pronounce these, but there's a lot of them on the team. Hey, they was getting good buckets this year, but I think that's all over next year. I mean, some of those leagues over there in Europe, I mean, a lot of those leagues – have pretty pretty solid players that could do well in the NBA. They're just making enough in Europe. You know, they don't want to make the transition to American basketball. And um, I mean, just a guy to prove it is how Luka Doncic did last season. You know, winning Rookie of the Year cheated. and all that. And he was pro- what'd you say? Cheated. Cheated. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Cheating by how? He cheated, man. You know how he cheated. He's oh, he been playing with grown men since he was twelve. <laughs> But that's exactly what I'm saying. He's, yeah, he's, they're, they're he, advanced for He sure. was playing with, you know, grown men since he was, I want to say, four, 13, 14 years mm-hmm. old is, yep. you know, the limit for um, for that league over there in Europe. And that's probably the second best basketball league in the entire world. So that just shows you that overseas, you know, they do have definitely an influx of talent. And like you said, we keep seeing that year after year after year. You look at the, uh, the Rising Stars Challenge when it's, you know, USA versus World and, you know, world has done pretty good recently, and it just lets you know that 
even even these guys in their first couple of years in the NBA, you look at the world, and there's a lot of players spread across the world that are that are really great basketball players. Now you saw who won the MVP of the Rising Stars Challenge last year, <laughs> Bogdanovich. Yep, They're, I feel like all their last names are Bogdanovich. <laughs> they all sound the same, some way or some shape or form. But yeah. I'm excited. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I just hope that we can get some more commits soon, especially after what just happened. Mm-hmm. Well, one guy who probably won't be committing to the team is uh, the Washington Wizards' Isaiah Thomas. As it was just recently announced that um, he had a thumb injury doing, during some routine workouts on Monday. And it sounds like after surgery he's going to miss six to eight weeks of action. Now, looking at the possible timetable here um, with the season starting coming up here before six to eight weeks, um, it looks like he might miss the first couple weeks of the season. So what do you think about that injury for Thomas Perry? Well, you got to feel for the guy first and foremost. Mm-hmm. You know, back when he was healthy, he was averaging 29 points per game for the Boston Celtics. And then he goes down with a hip injury, and then it gets worse, and then he goes to Cleveland. And you really it, hate to see it. And it gets worse. <laughs> it just keeps getting worse. And then he gets – uh, now he's on the the Washington Wizards with Bradley Beal. Yeah. John Wall's out for the year, so you're thinking this is a perfect opportunity for a guy like him mm-hmm. to revamp his yeah, career. He'll be able to get some minutes, you know, on the Wizards. Now he's getting some minutes in the doctor's office. Yeah. <laughs> so this is not good for a guy like him. But he's got the heart of a tiger, and I just think that he's gonna do whatever he can to fight back and get healthy. So I'm not extremely worried, but. You know, it kind of makes you wonder, is he injury prone now? Mm -hmm. Well, when he was on the Cavaliers, I remember telling you, um, you know, this guy shouldn't even be rostered. He's been playing terribly (laughs) for the Cavaliers. And now I feel bad about that because, like, he's just had so much terrible luck within the last few Uh, years with injuries. I can't even remember all of them, but it seems like every time I'm opening up Twitter, he's coming down with another injury. And, you know, obviously he's a guy, like you said, that does have a heart of a champion. You know, he has a really good spirit, really good personality. He even tweeted, um, and I quote, hurt my thumb trying to play defense, never again, LOL, never again. So, obviously he's making fun of himself a little bit there with how people say he can't play defense. Um, so, <laughs> well, he's, he's a guy that's got a really great personality. You gotta love. Shows. You gotta love that he's having fun with it. But at the same time, if you're the Washington Wizards, you you want him to get back healthy as soon as possible. You want somebody to team up with Bradley Bill, especially mm-hmm. since John Wall is out, mm-hmm. to help get this team going back in the right direction. So we'll see. But and you got to feel for a guy like that. Yeah. How would you feel if you were a Wizards fan, Perry? You got, you know. The point guard that you signed hurt for six to eight weeks. Your point guard that you're paying $40, $45 million plus for is out for the whole season. Probably one of the most untradeable contracts in the league. Uh, you know, you got to feel for those fans out there in Washington. There's going to be a lot of empty seats in, this year in, <laughs> in their arena, so it no worries be, about that. That might be the cheapest tickets in the league. I might have to travel out there. I got I got my boy out there, Dominique, so I'm gonna have to go out there. You might have to give him a chance. All right, all right. Well, they, uh, hopefully they'll have to be playing at least to a good team. Anyway. I want to see Bradley Bill get 50. I know he's getting 50 this year. You think he's an All Star this season? No, no, not with the winning record. Yeah, or losing yeah. record. Yeah, but it is the East. No, don't forget. Hey, he's a guard. He's watch a guard. out for the Bulls, though. They might have a few All Stars this year. If you know what I'm Marking saying. Marking and getting in there. He might be sneaking Absolutely in there. He might be it. sneaking in there. Levine getting in there? Probably not. Uh, hey, slam dunk contest is reserved for him. Oh, in Chicago, yeah. gotta be. That's another thing you have to consider too. Usually, 
the team that hosts the All-Star game does have a person in the All-Star game. And if they don't, they at least try to spread them out through the competitions. So, you know, at least Levine will probably be at least in the dunk contest. They might throw uh, Markin in in the skills challenge. But I don't know. I think fans might be really trying to push at least one of those guys in with the All-Star game being in Chicago this I just, season. I just want to see Cameron Payne get some time. <laughs> He's not even on the team anymore. Can they bring him back? <laughs> no. <laughs> I've I've had enough of that guy. No, I'm glad that you guys got rid of the coach though. Fred Hoiberg, he was a great he he's a great coach for college, but I didn't think he was right for that team. So I do see uh, a bright future. I don't for like Boylan though. That's the thing. I mean, he hasn't had really a big enough sample size. That's true. It seems like the players at least kind of respect him a right. little bit. Um, it's got to start somewhere. Yeah, I mean, his first few weeks they were pretty tumultuous. Um, they were filled with a lot of. You know, he was making them go to practice like every single day. Good. And he was, yeah, and the players were complaining. They're like, we're grown men. We don't got to be doing. He made them do like 100 push ups after practice. Player, <laughs> players were walking out. So screw this coach. I do this all summer. Thank God Jimmy Butler's gone. <laughs> man, I, I'd hate to see what would have happened there. Oh, somebody would have died. <laughs> Guarantee. You know, it wouldn't even shock me. I'm just excited it's in Chicago this season, though, because uh, obviously it's been a while since the All-Star Game's been in Chicago, and, you know, I was hoping maybe I could buy some tickets, but I looked at those ticket prices, and, uh, well, <laughs> guess I'll wait till the next time it's in Chicago. Right. You got that right. Welp, it's not going to happen, buddy. <laughs> even Friday night, those are crazy. I thought That's about another it. another level. But now I think about that TV in my living room, and it's looking that much sweeter. Yeah, so. HD 55, yeah, man. You already ain't know. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Order <laughs> me some pizza or, or get some wings. I can't say from where, but I'm going to get some wings, and I'm going to allow it to be. It'll be a lot cheaper than the $25 wings you'll get at the game. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm good. No worries. All right, so we're going to uh, kick it to commercial break right now. Uh, about 24 minutes in here on Dropping Dimes. we got about another half hour left here. Going to run it about an hour today. But uh, we got a few more NBA news to break to you guys today. Um, so we'll stick around. We'll see you guys in a bit. On the NBA right now, if you haven't been listening earlier to the show, we're, we're kind of in that, that time in the NBA where summer ball is over. There's obviously no summer league. There's no FIBA. There's no really a whole lot of workouts going on right now. And the preseason's just about to start. And this is probably one of the slowest week or two here in the NBA, but there's still a couple things coming out. I think one of the, the biggest things that people have been talking about in the last week is uh, the ESPN announced their three superstars who they thought defined this year in the NBA, who defined the last or the last decade, excuse me, in the NBA. And they said that those three players, number one, LeBron James, obviously spending his first year on the Cavs, his next four years in the Heat, next four years on the Cavs, and then he'll finish up this last year on uh, the Lakers. And then Steph Curry at number two for obviously all the things he's done in the last decade, and Kevin Durant at number three. So, Perry, what do you think about that list, especially having LeBron James as uh, the number one, you know, the overwhelming pick, it seemed, um, at number one for the player of the decade? Well, I think it's no question that's LeBron Ramon James, by far. I mean, you got a guy that has had three MVPs, eight straight trips to the finals, three finals MVPs, two. Did he, did, did he participate in two? No, he didn't participate in 2016 Olympics. Mm hmm. So one Olympic gold medal, an all-star game MVP. Of course, he was an all-star all those years. Yep. I just think it's far and ahead. And not to mention, one of his finals rings came from a 3-1 comeback. 
the only time it's ever happened in NBA history. Against a nine-loss NBA team. In a nine-loss <laughs> NBA team. Granted, let's not even go get into that part where Draymond was suspended game mm-hmm. six. Let's, let's not do that. But LeBron James, he did his thing this decade, and I just think he it might be the first player since Michael Jordan to straight dominate a decade. Mm-hmm. I think Kobe and Tim Duncan and Shaq, they probably all split that decade. Kobe was by far the, the best player out of those guys. I don't care mm-hmm. what, what you say or that anybody else says. But LeBron James was by far. Now, granted, he did lose. That's the biggest knock against him. He did lose, what, five finals mm-hmm. within this decade. Five, five out of the eight. Which is something to say. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget that. Mm-hmm. And... He did lose to Kevin Durant two of those times, and yep. then Steph Curry. I mean, now three of those times. My thing is, if if he lost, if he would have lost all of those times, then I want to hear an argument for the other guys because they got a legitimate chance. But he won three NBA titles in that time, which is the most over that period of time. Obviously, tied with a few members of the Warriors, but he won three NBA titles over that time. He was the number one scorer in the entire decade by a lot, all right? And he was playing almost every single game he possibly could going stretching to the finals eight straight years. He was fourth in assists, top ten in rebounding, right at number ten. And, I mean, when that basically says it all right there. When you're the only player that's top ten in rebounding, points, assists, you know, biggest three categories right there, you make it to the finals eight straight years in a row, like you said, and you still are – you managed to win three of them, and I think he had two MVPs in that time too. I mean, I don't know how you could argue against this man being number one. I mean, when you think about it, Kevin Durant, he did miss that one year. I believe it was 2013 with a, with the Jones fracture injury, yeah. whatever that is. And then you got Steph Curry, who really didn't become relevant until his game at Madison Square Garden, which I believe might have been 2013. He had been in the league since 2009, I believe. He had been dealing with ankle troubles and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. And then you got a guy, LeBron James, who has not really had an injury until last season where he missed significant time. Mm -hmm. So when you take all of that into account and then everything that you said, I just think that it's it's not even it's an it's a no brainer. This guy really dominated an entire decade. Yes, last season and the five finals losses will be a knock on him, but you got to consider what he was going up against. Mm-hmm. You're going against a Spurs team when Kawhi Leonard is on the rise. You're going against a Dallas Mavericks team who was clicking on all cylinders. And then you have... Which I still think is his biggest knock of the last 10 years. Absolutely. And you got to think about 2015 when... It was just him and Della Vadova out there <laughs> balling it out against. And they still took him to six. They still took him to six. And then you got to think about 2017, 18, you're going against some monsters. Mm-hmm. So after all of that, this man has just been on another level. And you also have to think about what he's done for the game of basketball, off the court, all everything he's done with the I Promise School. Um, he's having a new part of the buildings uh set up for you know sports therapy i believe in medicine for nike so i just think when you take all of these things into account it's no brainer that lebron james is a superstar of the decade yeah and, and i feel like 
obviously he's a no-brainer number one like you said but i still like the rest of their list how they have curry at number two duran at number three and i know you mentioned about lebron stuff he did to change the game of basketball and obviously people talk about this all the time but steph curry is the guy who i feel like in this last decade has probably helped lead the change for basketball the most as you know i I pulled up some stats before this and in 2009 before the decade started um three-pointers consisted of 22 percent of the nba shots now fast forward 10 years later three-pointers are 38 percent of NBA team shots. Now, granted, that's not all on Steph Curry's shoulders. People have started to figure out the value of the three-pointer, but he's a guy that's really popularized the value of the three-pointer and how much it can help your team out. And obviously, he's instilling this in a younger generation as well because they saw everything that this man could do in the last decade. And, I mean, I am totally fine with him being at number two. And, he, you know, unanimous MVP, first time ever, still got those three championships. And I think the biggest knock against him is no finals MVP. I think that's probably the thing that hurts him. You know, obviously, I said the thing that hurts LeBron is making it to eight, but losing five of them. I think Curry's issue is making it to it, but then not necessarily having his best performance ever in the finals. Yeah, I, I, I think that you used the right word and popularized. I'm going to touch on that first. I think you used the right word and popularized because I think Mike D'Antoni is the one who probably yeah. created it with the Phoenix Suns teams and, of course, the Houston Rockets. Let's, let's th- put up as many three-pointers as we can, and we'll worry and, about um, defense and, and later. And this is something that Daryl Morey as well has been right. talking about for years and years um, in a lot of these uh, conferences that they have, a lot of these stat conferences that they have. He's always been pushing the value of the three-pointer, and that's how he rose to success so right. fast and be, was able to become the GM of the Houston Rockets. And obviously he said, you know, I want a guy that's going to, you that's going to do a system that I like. D'Antoni's my guy. He's the guy that you know wants this running gun three point game of basketball. But then, when you get to a guy like Wardell Curry, who comes in and just obliterates the three point record year after year after year, and he's fast break pulling up for three from fifty, doesn't care from the parking lot. <laughs> Doesn't is doing everything with swagger, like you said, unanimous MVP, mm-hmm. and, and five straight NBA titles. You five, know, with four, the same team. Yeah, five five straight trips to the NBA Finals with three titles, and he's just he's just out there doing his thing. Like you say, he doesn't have any of those Finals MVPs, but it's not like maybe one of those years you can argue maybe he didn't deserve it. But mm-hmm. there, it's not like he he couldn't have got it. He he was out there doing his thing. Let's not get it twisted. Because without him, this Warriors team is definitely losing yeah. all those finals. But I, I would agree that Steph Curry is probably number two just because he did win without mm-hmm. Kevin Durant. Kevin now, Durant didn't win until he joined Steph Curry. Now what Curry. about Durant being a number three? Are you fine with that? Because this is, this is a guy who obviously won the one MVP on the Thunder. He has the two finals MVPs from the Warriors. And he has four scoring titles as well. He's a guy that's obviously been able to put up those numbers before. So... What do you think about him being number three on that list? Is there anyone else you would have thought about throwing at number three? Probably not. I mean, I'm always thinking about winning, mm-hmm. so I'm not. I'm not considering Tim Duncan. I'm not considering Kawhi well, Leonard. Well, not for this decade. I feel like no, no, not for, not for this decade. He did win one, or yeah, he did win one, and um, I'm not considering Kawhi Leonard just from a 
that that one season really hurt for me where he mm-hmm. missed and he only played nine games. So Kevin Durant, MVP, 10-time All-Star. I believe he might have got an All-Star MVP within this decade mm-hmm. as well. Scoring champion. I think he did it three years in a row. Yeah. And um, if two, two times finals MVP. Mm-hmm. Only thing is why, like I said, I'm putting him behind Wardell is because he didn't win until he joined him. Yeah. So that shows I, he's me that. still deserving to be on there. Right. Though. For it's sure. Just, I'm putting I'm putting him undoubtedly at number three. I don't I don't see anybody else. Mm-hmm. The only person I, mean, I could see is maybe Kawhi Leonard, who's got two this year. I was or thinking this maybe a, a couple names that came to my mind, which I ruled them out because of winning, but just because of their play on the court, would have been Russell Westbrook and James Harden. But it also comes back to not only winning, but you want to look at dominating the whole decade. They may have kind of dominated the last five, six years, you know, but, but they weren't the same type of players in the first few years of the decade that they are now. And when I look at team, like I know ESPN came out with their all-decade teams a little bit earlier, like I think a couple months ago, and um, that was one thing that I was talking about. I think Kobe Bryant was on the third team. And at first, I was like, I don't really know if he deserves to be on the third team. I mean, he hasn't played for four or five years now. Thinking about it a little bit more, I eventually decided he was probably deserving of being on that third team. If anyone else, maybe throw Clay Thompson in there. But I still think, you know, dominating the entire decade, and Perry's been smiling this whole time since I mentioned (laughs) Kobe's name, but I think dominating this whole decade is the biggest thing you have to look at. Uh, Let's just touch on Bean for a second, man. I mean, what can you say about something like that? You know, he doesn't play for half the decade. He's included on half the list out there. That's crazy. <laughs> Insane. But for sure, definitely, Clay Thompson deserves an honorable mention if not, if he's not on the list. Because, you know, scoring 37 in a quarter, getting 60 in 29 minutes on 11 dribbles, you got to consider all these things. And I think he's deserving of being – he's on my list. I'm going to mm-hmm. say that. Because he right now he has the 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 league record for three pointers in the game with fourteen. Yep. So I feel like it, it'd be foolish of me to leave him off the list. But that boy Bean got sixty. <laughs> Started off the decade he right. Used to, he used to have the record most threes in a game. He did, man. People forget. He had it for a while. Hey, things have changed. But I think the question now is, I think the question is answered for LeBron James, but. Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, does their dominance carry over into the 20s a little bit? I think we might be seeing a little bit of how I just mentioned Kobe Bryant. Not necessarily retirement after right. five years, but well, with, with Durant, we'll have to see about the injuries. But yeah. not necessarily retirement, but I feel like dominating the whole decade. Maybe they might dominate, I guess Durant, not this year, but maybe they might yeah. kind of dominate the next three, four years, but then I think it's going to come down to this younger generation of talent. And if I had to pick anyone to be the player of the next decade, I'd probably pick Giannis. And I feel like a oh, lot of sure. – I feel like 90% of everyone else would probably pick Giannis too just because this guy's a guy that's 24, 25 years old. Um, he basically has his entire career ahead of him, and he's already won an MVP. So I expect him to win probably a few more this year and, and probably even a few NBA titles if he keeps this up. Yeah, I think that – you know, whenever you're thinking about the NBA, there are times where we're we're magnifying a team like the Warriors mm-hmm. over the last four or five years, and then there's times where you're magnifying players such as LeBron James. 
And I think you got a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo who's going to be doing the same thing. We're going to be sitting here and watching what see what this man can do. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to be watching teams like the Clippers, see what they can do, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, um, Anthony Davis playing alongside LeBron James. But we're watching one guy yeah. for it. A decade, and I think that's what makes him special. Is that he's on his he's he's doing his thing. He's leading the team. Yeah, and I don't think Giannis is going to stay in Milwaukee either. Oh this man, next I I I think his con- I think only. his contract is up next year, and I don't think he resigns with the Bucks. I don't really think he cares about Milwaukee. You know, but we'll see. Well, where do you see him landing then? Uh, then since the NBA has changed. I, you know, I couldn't tell you right now. I just feel like he's not going to spend this. I don't feel like he's going to be uh, your Dirk Nowitzki, Kobe Bryant of the world and stay on Milwaukee this whole decade. But we'll see. Well, I, I think that they have the right front office mm-hmm. in order to keep him. So we're going to have to wait and see. But I, I, I think he signs an extension to where he's going to be on there for like number three, four years. And after that, he might switch. I can see that happening well, as well. Well, we, we got to also wait and see how their playoff success mm-hmm. goes. Yeah, so. That might determine a lot yeah, of it too. you never know. All right, so one more thing NBA came or ESPN excuse me, came out with recently was their top eight games of the decade. I don't know. Have you seen this list I at did. all, Perry? So I had only seen the top five. This is my first time looking at the top eight. Um, but at number eight, they had probably – I mean, this this one might be in my top five personal favorites. At number eight, they had um, the Heat versus the Celtics. I've talked to you about this game many, many times. In 2012, the Eastern Conference Finals, game six, where the Heat, in their second year, if they lost this game, they probably would have been split up because of the success that they didn't have. Bosh might have been traded. Um, you know, something would have happened at least if they would have lost this game, and LeBron James took it upon himself to single-handedly go off in this game. And, and I'm totally fine with this game being at number eight on the list because this, this was a sight to see. He, he was a man possessed. <laughs> you saw it in his eyes. Yeah, you could see. You, you literally was, saw it in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Goes off for 45-15-7, I believe, yep. in the most dominating fashion, the most dominating game I've that 45 felt like 75. <laughs> it was so it was smooth. It was just quiet. I've never seen TD, Gar- TD Garden so quiet mm-hmm. in my life. And that was a 20-point game, too. And it's the eighth best game of the day. <laughs> that just lets you know how 45, 15, and 7 was literally on an entire another level in that game. And, I mean, the Celtics only had 79 as a team, so he had over half the Celtics, you know, points you know and he'd only had 98 you know so he basically had half of his own team's points as well so that i mean that was a that was an absolutely dominating performance and and i mean there's not i can't even put it into words you know watching that performance lebron had i mean when you think about lebron a guy who's always playful joyful it was just something different and i think the whole world saw Mm -hmm. how different it was you know he had just won the mvp that year he wasn't celebrating that. He had just lost in 2011 to the Mavericks yeah. in a in a disappointing performance. So you could tell how focused he was. And they, like you said, on the brink of elimination. Not not even Dwayne Wade was doing his thing that <laughs> night. Everybody yeah. was sitting back with their popcorn, except for the Celtics. They were sitting back with some Kleenex because <laughs> that that was amazing. I, but that that was the greatest pl- playoff game I've ever witnessed in my life. 
All right, Perry, so another playoff game at number seven, like a lot of these games are. I think all but one of them. Um, but number seven, <laughs> I believe, I'm not 100% sure, but I think this is the Brandon Roy game. It's the Trailblazers versus the Mavericks 2011 round one, game four. Final score, 84-82 Trailblazers. That's, that's another thing. It's crazy to look back at these scores even only 10 years ago. This not even 10 years ago, eight years ago. And to see the scores be this low, 98-79, to 84-82. I just saw a highlight of uh, Bulls Heat Game 5 in 2011. Um, three minutes left on the clock that he had 65 points. Like, <laughs> it's crazy to look back on that. And just, I mean, that's nothing. We were just talking about, you know, the three-pointer um, and the sped-up game. To look back at these scores being in the 80s. And now if it's in the 80s, I'm like, what happened? Did, like... <laughs> Was was everyone injured or something? But but yeah, number seven, the Brandon Roy game. Um, I believe anyway. He basically went off in the fourth quarter. If I remember right, I think he had like twelve of the last fourteen points or like fourteen of the last sixteen points for the Trailblazers. The Mavericks had a big lead. He brought them all the way back. Hit a crazy three right before the end of the fourth quarter. And I mean, that's another one that that's. I'm, I think that's the game. I'm not even a hundred percent sure, but I'm just guessing that's it because that game was insane. It was one of those. It was one of those last games, I believe, of Brandon Roy's. Like, like it was one of those significant games yeah, of his career. It was almost like one of the last games of his career too. Well, he went to the Timberwolves after yeah, that. Yeah, but that wasn't that, that wasn't much. Hey, he of did anything. he did his thing out there in Minnesota, <laughs> but. It, it's just it's one of those things where it was a, it was an amazing game, and you know had you on the edge of your seat. You know, one of those games where it's like it's never over. Mm-hmm. And that was a championship team in the Mavericks too, you know. And yeah. they, even though the Blazers lost that series a couple days later, for him to do that against a championship team like that, I mean, I don't even think LeBron went off in one of those finals games like Brandon Roy did in that game right there. Yeah, he did his thing. Uh, it's not much more to say about it. I, mm. I can't say that I remember too much, so it wasn't. It, it was just a crazy night. But it wasn't anything that was that significant, yeah. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I'm like, as I look down this list, too, I find it crazy that I've literally watched all these games. Yeah. Like. Getting old, man. I know. Like, that just blows. And it feels like, it kind of does feel like it was a while ago, like eight years ago. And I'm, I'm surprised that I watched all these games. I feel like one of these games, like, I had to have been at work or I had to have been doing, you know, something. But, I mean, I feel blessed as an NBA fan to be able to, Literally watch all the top eight games of the decade live. Um, number six on this list, the Warriors versus the Thunder. Uh, 2016 regular season game. One of, I think, the two regular season games on this list. And uh, that game's uh, a... <laughs> when Steph Curry hit that, what was it, like 40-foot 40, 40 three-pointer at the end of the game, that was another crazy one. Um, and, wow. <laughs> Get a little shimmy after the game. Mm-hmm. I believe that was... What, what year was that? 2016. Yeah. Yep. They ended up meeting in the Western Conference Finals later on mm-hmm. that year. Um, so it was just a great preview. Another game on this list. <laughs> hey, they Steph Curry, man. Who who would have thought that there was time left after he made it mm-hmm. too? So just show you the the. Kah- but it was like it felt like it was over. The Kahuna's on that man. <laughs> he's like yeah, he's like the, the energy right right out of the crowd. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not even sure if Scott Brooks even made a game plan after he made that. He was just like, yeah, the game's over. Sorry. So, no, man, that's one of those games. It's one of those historical markers for Steph Curry's career, yep. you know, building up. And he won unanimous MVP that year. Mm-hmm. So, 
All right, Perry. Number five on this list, just for you. Just for me or for how great it was? Little of both. Little <laughs> of both. This this really this is probably in my top five too. For being a re- especially this is the best regular season game of the decade, that's for sure. That is uh the Jazz versus the Lakers. Twenty sixteen <laughs> game as well, with uh Kobe going out with sixty oh. points. Big come from behind victory in the fourth quarter. Shaq, if I remember correctly, dared Kobe to get fifty before the game. And he one upped him, <laughs> went out for sixty before that one was over and yeah that was one of the craziest performances i've ever seen uh, he did take almost like 60 shots in that game at least it felt like he did <laughs> 22 for 51 <laughs> so he took 51 shots in that game which is more than my my 2k player shoots in a game <laughs> so just throw that one out there and my team averages like 160 points a game so more more than my 2K player takes, but he still came down with 60 in his last game, and, and the Jazz basically couldn't stop him that entire fourth quarter. How old is your 2K player on your on your game? <laughs> Probably like 19, 20, Sorry. right? No, I think, remember, he, he played four years in college. Oh, okay, 23, <laughs> 24. We're talking about a 37-year-old Kobe Bryant. Who, down by 10 with three minutes to go. Just like there's no other way his career could have ended. Mm-hmm. It was just like the perfect ending. And I remember I had a Lakers hat on and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't even a Lakers fan. I dug deep into my closet for that one. I think even the Kobe haters, they were on that night, they were just like, yeah, we got to give it up to this guy. <laughs> this is amazing. That Jazz team was decent, too. Was, like, hey, Gordon Hayward's last they were, year. I think they were ninth that year. In the uh, in the Western Conference, like they weren't that bad. <laughs> yeah, they they had just missed the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kobe Bryant, sixty points, twenty two for fifty one. I think you're good as long as your shot attempts is below your point total. I think you're fine, especially if you're thirty seven years old. But well, other than you know, just wow, <laughs> can you say about that game, Mamba out. Hey, number four on this list. The Dallas Mavericks versus Miami Heat 2011 NBA Finals Game 2. Uh, that was a game that the Mavericks, uh, excuse me, the Heat were up by 15 in the fourth quarter. Seven, eight minutes to go in that one. And Dirk Nowitzki basically led them all the way back, scored a spinning layup with about 20 seconds left. The Heat missed after that. I think uh, Dwayne Wade missed a shot after that. And the Mavericks came up with that victory in Game 2. Um, and obviously they basically never looked back um, well, aside the next game they lost, but then they never looked back um, beating the Heat that series. That was another crazy game. And uh, um, obviously if the Mavericks didn't go on to win that game, you know, and the Heat still win game three, they're up 3-0, that series might have been over. So that was a big game um, for Dirk Nowitzki's legacy as well. That game almost probably defined his legacy or what would what would become of his legacy for the future. And I think what's important to remember about that series is that the playoff format at that time was still 2-3-2. Two, two. Yep. So they had three games in Dallas, and like you said, they lost the next game, but they were able to win those next two games. Mm-hmm. That really helped them a yeah. lot. So That's one of the reasons I feel like they kind of eventually got to changing that right. was because of that series. I, I think so. And... um of course, we know what happened with LeBron James, a, a historical meltdown for him. Mm-hmm. But you got to acknowledge Dirk Nowitzki. I think earlier in the playoffs, he had made like 50 free throws in a row through, just throughout the playoffs. He was, he was on a roll. He was like sick. He had the flu. 
And a guy who's not mentioned enough, in my opinion, is Jason Terry going off for eight threes in yep. one of those games. It just seemed like the Heat team always had – they always went up against somebody who had just an amazing night from downtown. Someone on this BS every time. Every time. It was either Jason Terry, uh, Patty Mills, Danny Green, somebody. <laughs> but Dirk Nowitzki, he deserved that finals MVP that year. And that was a pivotal game for them because I'm not mm-hmm. sure if they would have won that series if they didn't win game two. Mm-hmm. Especially losing game three yeah. uh, like they did with Bosch hitting that game winner. But, all, right. Uh, all right, so game number three on this list, top eight games of the entire decade in the NBA. We got the Warriors versus the Thunder, 2016 Western Conference Finals, game six. Um, a lot of people like to refer this as the Clay Thompson game. Perry, what do you refer this game as? The game that should put Clay Thompson on everybody's all decade list Thir- at least third team at mm-hmm. that but yeah he did game six clay this was where it was born and you know thunder they were up three two and clay thompson won before that <laughs> clay thompson comes out and just just shatters all oklahoma city thunder fans hopes and as they mm-hmm. go to go to state it was it was a, it was a wrap yep and i think the Thunder had about a 10-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Clay Thompson scored about 20 points in that fourth quarter. (laughs) (laughs) Something you'll probably never see again, an unbelievable performance from three from him, a playoff record for threes for him. And, I mean, that really kind of put the Warriors on the map as well. Right. I mean, they they did just win the title the year before. But, you know, Clay Thompson, he comes out. And it's one of those games, like I said, Dwayne Wade had to sit back and watch LeBron James do his thing in that game against the Celtics in game six. Steph Curry did the exact same thing with Clay Thompson did it. When Clay Thompson scored, like you said, 20 points in the fourth quarter, Kevin Durant was missing a bunch of shots. So it's just one of those games where, you know, somebody's hot and there's nothing you can do about it. All right, Perry, now game two on this list in a shocking development. Some people said this game should be number one was the Cavs-Warriors game six of the 2016 NBA Finals. What do you think of that decision, Perry? No OT. The the, the first game, the number one game has OT. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead. I have and- this game at, at number at number two. One, like you said, no OT. There wasn't like a game winner per se. Well, I mean the Kyrie, but there the Kyrie. Let's w- say it one more time for the people that you know, you know, LeBron James. I love LeBron James just like the next man, but same time, let's not forget about the performance that Kyrie Irving had. The Kyrie shot, yeah, where it was a complete isolation and everybody got the heck up out the way, and Kyrie does a little hesitation. Knocked down, but the, hey, let's let's be real though. LeBron James run down, mm-hmm. chase down block. Yep, those ha- were the two biggest plays of that game right there. So. That's two thirty-seven of that game was just owned by the Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. I think though, another reason I'd have this game in number two is because it was kind of a sloppy game. I mean, this is a twenty sixteen game where the final score is ninety three to eighty nine. I mm-hmm. feel like there were a lot of nerves in this game. Draymond Green went off for like a fourth of the Warriors' points in this game. Had a bunch of three pointers. I think seven. Yeah, it was it was it was crazy. Like no one scored for the last like five minutes until Kyrie hit that shot, which was super weird. It was like it was just sloppy. I feel like everyone was really nervous the last five <laughs> minutes of the game because they knew what was on the line, obviously. Right. And Draymond did his best to lead the team back, and I think I really think. 
Curry and Clay kind of were a big reason they lost that game. They didn't really show up in that game, but um, yeah, it was it, it was definitely amazing. But I still wouldn't put it at number one. My reaction from the from the ESPN's ranking of the number one game of the decade was way more than my reaction to LeBron blocking that shot, which was still amazing. But but watching Ray Allen's shot go in on the number one game of the decade, Spurs Heat. 2013 game finals or of the NBA finals game six that was I mean that was something else the fact that they were literally lining up the locker room with the with the wrap for the for had to have the champagne going they were wheeling out the Larry O'Brien trophy you saw the Spurs players locking arms ready to win the title and then just coming out of nowhere LeBron hits that three then LeBron misses a three Bosch grabs the rebound out to Ray Allen, corner three is good. I mean, the rest is basically history from there. <laughs> and going to OT, Chris Bosh yep, gets that block on Danny Green, I believe, at the end of overtime. Hey, a lot of people don't talk about Chris Bosh, but <laughs> Ray Allen, man. A lot of people that have been big factors in, you know, LeBron's championships that don't get mentioned too much. But right, They always mention Ray Allen. Hey. Oh, LeBron only has that title because of Ray Allen. I'm just saying. LeBron, All right, LeBron hit the three right before Ray Allen hit that three. He did miss the three right after his first yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> The one right before Hey, LeBron did his thing that like night. like five feet behind. LeBron did his thing that night. But, you know, when you're the focal point, you need some other guys to step up. And that's exactly what Ray Allen did. He's no he's no stranger to the big moments. He's always been known for hitting those clutch threes. You know, that I remember that one game against the Bulls, where he just him and Ben Gordon are just going mm-hmm. at it. So he's he's used to these playoffs. Won that series too. Man, they did. <laughs> All right. Now, I think that game sums up in what Greg Popovich said. He says, I've thought about that game every day. I'm anxious for it to go away. It still hasn't happened yet. I think about that game every day. And that's something that's probably never going to go away for not only Greg Popovich, but a lot of NBA fans as well. Um, The outcome of that game and and what it brought forth for both um, the Heat and the uh, Spurs for the next couple years. ESPN got it right, man, especially with number five. For once. Especially with number five. You think it should have been higher, Perry? Nope. Right, right, Kobe Bryant being the top five is fine with you? Yeah. All right. Absolutely, number five. That's right right where I put it there, too. Especially the games above it, I feel like you can't really – you can't really put it above any of the games um, above it on that list. But um, that's all I got today for dropping dimes. Perry, do you have anything you want to plug here in the last minute? Happy birthday, CJ McCollum. There we go. Happy birthday, CJ McCollum. Big shout-out to him. Big shout-out to him and his podcast and uh, Damian Lillard out there on the Blazers. But uh, that's all I got for dropping dimes. For Perry Randall, I'm Noah Cooper, and we out. See you guys next week.